You know, I wonder how we've gotten it so wrong. How we've gotten it so wrong. The readings, particularly the first reading of the gospel today, uh, are talk to us about how we are to be with others. So this first reading that we have from Isaiah, share your bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed and the homeless, clothe the naked, all that stuff. <clears throat> it's not about that we, that we don't do that. But I think what we've gotten wrong is what our motivation should be. What our motivation should be. Have you ever thought about the fact that if God wanted us to be good, he would have just made us good? Perfect kids. They always obey. They never talk back. Bosses that are wonderful. Spouses that anticipate your every need. Poor people taken care of. Nobody hungry anyplace else. God could have done that. But if God did that, what would we not have? Free will. Free will. So next to our very life, God gives us free will. But that still doesn't explain how we've gotten it wrong. You see, God doesn't want us to be good. God wants us to want to be good. There's a big difference. Do you want your kids to respect you because they're terrified of you? Or do you want your kids to respect you because they love you, because they want to respect you? That's the difference in what the scriptures are talking about today. So if we go back to this great reading from uh, Isaiah, the 58th chapter, sharing your bread with the hungry, sheltering the oppressed with the homeless, clothing the naked when you see them, and not turning your back on your own. Did God say, if you do that, I'll like you? No, he didn't. And this is the motivational part that I hope we never forget. Nothing you can ever do will make God stop loving you. Nothing. The most heinous crime, the worst sin, God will not stop loving you. We have a hard time wrapping our brain around that because our love is totally conditional. Okay, I'll forgive you, but don't you ever do that again. That's not forgiveness. I don't know what it is, but it's not forgiveness. We say those kinds of things a lot, don't we? No, God will never stop loving us, no matter what. So why are we called to do these things? What's the payoff for this? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Isaiah says, if you do those things, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your wound will be quickly healed. Your vindication will go before you. In other words, your life is going to change if you share your bread with the hungry, if you shelter the oppressed and the homeless, if you clothe the naked, if you don't turn your back on your own. You are the one who changes. You are the one who benefit from that more than the persons that you're helping. Sometimes you've maybe had that experience when you've done something for somebody else. And you said, you know, this is probably more important to me than it was to them. That gives you a little insight to what that's about. So, Isaiah goes on to say this. These are the things. If you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, I'll like you better. No. Then light will rise for you and darkness and gloom shall become for you like midday. In other words, if you're having a bad time, 
The best thing you can do is do something for somebody else. If you want joy in your life, bring joy to somebody else's life. If you want to have happiness, then you help to make other people happy. Not because God will love you better, because it changes you. It changes you. Why does it change you? Because doing those things makes us like God. We're supposed to be like God. Not just good. We're supposed to be like God. And so when we do those things, not only does it transform the world, but it transforms us. It transforms us. And so we, we connect that with, with the gospel that, that we have today. And it reminds us, in Matthew's gospel here, about what you and I are called to. And that's why he uses this really simple reading about salt and light. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Now, salt and light have a lot in common. You might not have thought about this before. <clears throat> But Jesus says, if salt loses its taste, it isn't good for anything. And so salt in and of itself is worthless. It's what it's used for. It's the effect it has on other things. So most of us use too much salt. But salt makes eggs eggier. It makes steak steakier. It makes tomatoes tomatoier. It's something that we use all the time. But it's important because of what it does for others. Same thing with light. You don't just see light. It's always reflected off something else. So salt and light are important because of the effect they have on others. Huh. Must be a lesson here, don't you think? Just so you must let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. It always goes back to God. So that's why I've said several times in homilies, and we all know it in our heads, you know, when we, the old song, on the know we are Christians by our... The reason that's important is not because it makes us look good. People look at that and they say, by God, there's a Christian. There's a Christian. They go to church all the time, but there's no love. There ain't no Christianity. It's as simple as that. And so the readings today help us hopefully to kind of refocus ourselves because we get it wrong so often. I better do this, otherwise God will hate me. Sorry, you are not that powerful. You are not that powerful. But we do that because we want to show God that we love us. We want to show God that we want to be good. We want to show God, just like you want your squirmy kids to do what they're supposed to because they love you, because they want to do it. Life is pretty bad when it's done out of duty or out of fear. Duty and fear are not what Christianity calls us to, and it's not what the gospel calls us to either. And so as we are still in these, in these uh, uh, new days of the new year, I want you to start thinking about Lent's right around the corner, February 22nd, dun-da-da-dun, coming up pretty quick. And our theme this year for Lent is going to be, who is this man? And we're going to be talking about, it's been in the bulletin the last two weeks, do you know about Jesus or do you know Jesus? Big difference. 
You can know the stuff, but not know him. If you know him, then all this craziness in the Bible starts to make sense. If you don't know him, it's a yada, 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 boring, boring, boring. I'm not going to go anymore because I don't get anything out of it. Yeah. That's because you think you know about Jesus, but you don't know him. So as we continue to pray today and look forward to the, the Lenten season, our annual 40-day retreat, I want you to think about your motivations. And I want you to think about the things that you do and why you do them. Do you do them because you have to do them or because you want to do them? And I'll just bet that the things that you want to do, you do because you love them. God doesn't want us to be good. He wants us to want to be good.